once again to the Perimeter Church podcast. The common language of the church is the gospel. Peter Kasaviru, pastor at Gaba Community Church in Gaba, Uganda, and founder of African Renewal Ministries, brings us this global spotlight sermon entitled The Power of the Gospel, which covers Romans chapter 1, verses 13 to 19, and other texts. For more information and to watch or hear other sermons, please visit our website at perimeter.org. Thank you for joining us today. And so we're in for a wonderful treat this morning as we get to hear from our newest global partner. And uh, you may remember back a few years ago when we started talking about the 300 dream, that by the year 2052, God will give us 100 church plants, 100 local missional partners, and 100 missional global partners. And we're at about 30 right now, so we're trusting God for 70 more by the year 2052 and praying to that end. And so our newest one is from Uganda. And if Peter will start making his way up, uh, Peter Casavira, and I think I said it better in the first service. He'll have to correct me in this one. But we call him Pastor Peter. And uh, we kind of stumbled into this new partnership in that about a little over a year ago, you may remember when I was visiting Egypt and Ronnie Golly, who's on our staff sitting right over here, um, I was visiting with him in Egypt, our partners there. And when I was flying back from Egypt, Ronnie was flying to Uganda, not exactly knowing what would happen. We had this loose connection with Peter through mutual friends and partners. And he gets there and all that had kind of been set up was, hey, Peter, could you gather some people that might be interested in learning more about Life on Life Missional Discipleship. Well, when Ronnie gets there, that first gathering, uh, Peter, along with his church, had gathered uh, 30 other churches ready to hear from Ronnie. Ronnie shares about Life on Life Missional Discipleship, and they're ecstatic and said, okay, there's a lot of energy and excitement here, so we need to get Randy Pope there, our founding pastor who is president of Life on Life Missional Discipleship here. And so Randy goes back a few months later, and get this, Peter and his church have gathered 220 churches to hear from Randy. And a large majority of those 220 said, yes, we'd like to be a part of being trained in Life on Life Missional Discipleship, to which we said, that is awesome. And we're not ready for that. We're not prepared. We were not expecting this kind of response. So we've been, we've been working like crazy to be able to uh, honor this request and, and step into what God has, has for us, but, but for the kingdom of God in Uganda. Let me tell you one more thing before he preaches. He's hosting, he and his church are, are hosting a, a conference in August on their own initiative. Some of you maybe remember the name Pastor Sema from Egypt. He'll be there. He's hosting uh, leaders and pastors from over 20 countries in Africa at this conference in August. Be praying for this conference because they're asking the question, how can we reach Africa for Christ? And part of what they'll be doing as well is exposing these pastors and these leaders to life on life missional discipleship. So God is, is doing a great work on the continent of Africa in the country of Uganda. There's so much more I could share, but you're going to be so blessed to hear from Pastor Peter this morning. Let me pray for him as he brings God's word. Father, thank you so much for Peter. Thank you for this wonderful new relationship that we have with him. I I personally thank you just for the time I've gotten to spend with him over these last couple of days and what a blessing he has been to me 
and to everyone that uh, has been with him. We are so grateful for this brother. Would you anoint him now? Would you bless him as he opens your word? Would you give us hearts to receive it, eyes to see, ears to hear? Thank you for his ministry. Thank you for what you're doing in and through him unto your glory. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, you heard from uh, Jeff Friedel on the video with Rick Tomlinson. As he is now our new uh, global team leader for India, and he's going to read the scripture for us this morning. Today's scripture reading comes from Romans chapter 1, verses 13 through 19. I do not want you to be unaware, brothers, that I have often intended to come to you, but thus far have been prevented in order that I may reap some harvest among you as well as among the rest of the Gentiles. I am under obligation both to Greeks and to barbarians, both to the wise and to the foolish. So I'm eager to preach the gospel to you also who are in Rome, for I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith. As it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them, because God has shown it to them. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. Good morning, church. It's exciting for me to be here, and I was telling the first service that I love it here, but when we woke up this morning, it was freezing out there. <laughs> it was so cold. Still a little bit cold, but I'm warm in the heart because of you. Thank you so very much for hosting us. You know, Rani was the first one to come to Uganda. Uh, later on, Pastor Brian came, and your founding pastor came, uh, Pastor Randy Pop. What a blessing that we had. And then, um, pulling and pulling Pastor Jeff to come, because we want him over there. So, please make sure you help me to get him over there. That would be such a blessing. You know, um, we, we have seen God doing amazing things in our country. And many people have accepted Jesus, churches have been planted. But as a leader, my, my desire has been, how do we grow deeper? I think many of you have heard this, uh, this saying, that the church in Africa is a mile wide and an inch deep. And then when I began hearing about this life on life, missional discipleship, I said, Lord, this is what we need. And I have sat into these um, amazing trainings, you know, with the envisioning and then the first workshop and the second one. And uh, I'm saying to my heart, finally, we have found what it takes and how we can get our people deeper. And for me personally, on how I can be used of God to mentor and disciple other leaders. So thank you, thank you, and thank you. And I'm so glad that we are part of the team. Thank you for welcoming us to this amazing partnership. Thank you, church. God bless you. Um, by the way, you said, uh, 
the first time you did my name very well, the next time you tried, you did your best, Pastor. So thank you very much. So just, just call me Peter. That would be good enough. Uh, that would be good enough. Um, this morning, I want to talk about the power of the gospel. The power of the gospel. And the passage that we've just read uh, really is a passage that really brings home the fact that the gospel is very, very, very powerful, especially when we look at the man that the Lord used to actually write those uh, scriptures to us. Um, Whenever I think about this, I, I can't help but continue to say thank you to Jesus. I'm currently speaking your language uh, I wouldn't be speaking the language if it wasn't for the gospel. Do you know why? Missionaries came from the United Kingdom to my country about 120-something years. They came to bring the gospel, and they found my people were not reading, my people were not writing, our language was not written, and they decided to teach us how to read and write so that we can understand what is in this book. And they also brought this amazing language called English. So the gospel has done big things, including us learning how to read and write and how to speak the language. Uh, I want us to read that verse again, uh, Romans chapter 1 and verse 16. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes to the Jew fast and to the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith as it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. Paul is speaking and he's saying, I am not ashamed of the gospel. And for sure he meant it, why? Because the gospel changed his life. The gospel is the, is the power through which lives can be changed, through which minds can be changed. God has chosen to actually release transformational life or use it to release transformational life that people will be changed. So friends, we are blessed that we have the gospel. And what is the gospel? The gospel is called good news, and indeed, it is good news. It is called evangel. That's where the word evangelism actually comes. That's where the word evangelical comes from. It is the message of Jesus Christ. It is the message that changes the world. It's the message that changed and changed you and me. When I look back, what God has done in my life, I say, I'm amazed, but I'm so thankful for what God has done. You know, when the Bible says it is good news, it is indeed good news. When you look at the book of Luke chapter 4 and verse 18, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. That is Jesus' first message. And he says, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. Those who are poor in the spirit, those who are far away from God. And he says, he has sent me to proclaim liberty to those who are, or who are captives. 
I come from Africa, and Africa has a lot of witchcraft, has got a lot of, uh, I think you call it voodoo, so many of those things. And in my lifetime, I have seen people who come so deeply engaged in those mysterious issues when they receive Jesus, there is a way the power of the gospel has changed people. And I can say, I know there is power in the gospel. It brings liberty to the captives. So what, how does the gospel change us? How does the gospel power bring the change that we are talking about? And I have a few statements that I'm going to bring as I share the message for you today. And the first one is that the gospel changes me first before it changes other things. It changes you and it changes me. You know, Paul is writing, I am not ashamed because he had been changed. Every one of us knows that he was a persecutor of the Christians. He was and a bad man. He did all kinds of evil. Then he had an encounter with Jesus. That's why he says, I have no confidence in anything except the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he says, when it, it talks about religion, I was very religious. I was zealous. But God changed my life. So the gospel changes us and it changes us forever and for his own goodness. I accepted Jesus when I was 19 years old. A friend of mine shared the gospel with me. And at that time, my mother had accepted Jesus and she kept telling me, Peter, you need to change. Peter, you need the Bible. But I said, no, this is for old people. This is not for me. <laughs> but then it was school holidays and then I go to visit my friend, my fellow schoolmate. And when I find him, he's extremely excited. He's so happy for what God had done in his life. And I said, what happened? He said, I got saved. And I said, what happened? He said, someone shared the message and I felt I was a sinner. I need a change in my life and I'm excited. So when he started sharing, I remembered what my mother had told me. I said, I need what you have. So I went home, I was staying with my cousin, sister. So I went home and I told them what had happened. I was extremely excited. They looked at me and said, Peter, we give you three weeks. You'll be just back to normal. It has been 43 years. God is good. He has changed my life and he has done great things. You know, the way the gospel changes us, it changes our conscience we start realizing that actually we need God. Our hearts are softened and we become sensitive to the things of God and sensitive to what God says. So that's how we begin changing. But then the gospel does not only end there. It changes our hearts that we actually start loving the things that God loves. We start loving the people that we Otherwise, we're not actually interested in. You know, something inside happens when the gospel comes into our hearts. The other thing that it does, it drives away the desires for sinful things uh, by way of conviction. He convicts you and says, no, 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 you don't need to do that. You don't need to, because there is power in the gospel. 
So the gospel changes us. But then, when the gospel changes us, there is something else we need to realize. It changes our destiny. Now, when God created us, he created us with a plan. He says, I know the plans I have for you. Before you were born, God had a big plan for your life. But because we didn't know God, our lives were blinded for the plans that God actually had for us. So we didn't know that. So when you discover Jesus through the gospel, then God starts showing you who actually you are and why he made you who you are. I actually love the testimony from the gentleman who, is, who has been going to India all those times. He, he actually reveals to you that he has a bigger purpose and a bigger mission for your life. There's a scripture found in the book of Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10. This is what it says. For we are his workmanship. We are created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So God made us, designed us, gave us talents and abilities, gave us opportunities, put us in specific location like some of you or like all of you, we are put here in this cold country. Uh, I, I, he did it because he knew that there was a purpose why you should be here. And he put me in Africa where it's warmer, praise the Lord. <laughs> because he had a purpose for each and every one of you. Now, when we get saved, when we accept Jesus, he starts revealing to us that, by the way, this is why I made you who you are. This is why I exposed you and gave you opportunities to be where you are at this time. So, in other words, this verse of scripture that we've just read, Ephesians 2, is dormant until we discover through the gospel who we are made to be and to do. Now, can you imagine, for Paul, he was a persecutor, he was a rich man, he was educated, and he, was, he just felt that he just had to make life very difficult for other people. Then he encounters Jesus, and then Jesus changes him, and he gives him a mission, and the mission was to go to the Gentiles. And then he makes him able to write the scriptures that now we read. God knew that Paul had to be who he is. He had to be zealous. He knew that Paul had to be a man who is educated so he's able to write scripture that we can actually understand today because God prepared him before the foundation of the earth. What about Peter? We all know about Peter and his friends. Fishermen, businessmen, they're doing their things and they find Jesus and he says, you come, 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 come. I am going to make you fishers of men. Look at the man that Peter became because of the gospel of the kingdom. What about this woman that we find in John chapter 4? The woman at the well. You remember that woman? She finds Jesus. She argues with him. And then finally, she, experience, she experiences an encounter with the saving power of Jesus. She runs to the town. The woman who was a prostitute 
now is a messenger of the gospel. Come and see the man who told me everything about me. Because God has a purpose for the very educated Paul, for the average man who is a businessman, Peter, but also to a broken woman who was at the well. There is power in the gospel and we find our destiny in God through the gospel. So friends, there are so many people out there who actually need this gospel. And God has chosen you and me to be the one to take them this message. And when we do, they will discover their mission in life. Now friends, God has called us to be our, his representatives wherever we are. Our places of work, in the schools where we go to, in our community where we are. God has called us to be his feet and to be his hands. Now there is a man called Spurgeon. This is what he said. When we preach Christ crucified, we have no reason to stammer or to stutter or to hesitate or to apologize. There is nothing in there is nothing in the gospel of which we have any cause to be ashamed. I am not ashamed of the gospel because it's the power of God for the salvation of men. The third statement that I have for us today is that the gospel makes you and me a witness. So the first one, the gospel changes us. The second one, he shows us our mission in life. But the third one, the gospel calls us to be a witness. Yes, in a country like yours, you're not allowed to speak uh, or to share your faith in schools, but you know what, you can. You can live for Jesus and people will wonder what happened to you. And then you can say, I found a man called Jesus. And I know there are workplaces where you're not allowed to share your faith. Live like Jesus, people are going to find out who you are and then you can lead them to the salvation knowledge of Jesus. There is a passage that we found in the book of John, chapter 1, and verse 35 to 43. It's a portion which talks about Jesus and the cause that he had for his first disciples. Interestingly, when you go to verse 35, the Bible says, the next day John was standing with two of his disciples. Now, this is John the Baptist. And he looked at Jesus as he walked by. And he says, behold the Lamb of God. So in other words, he pointed to Jesus. Behold the Lamb of God. And the Bible says, two of these disciples said, okay, if this is the Lamb of God, we are going to follow him. So what do we see here? John the Baptist didn't have to speak so much. He didn't have to elaborate a lot. What he needed to do was to show people that is Jesus. And this guy said, okay, if it is Jesus, if it's the Lamb of God, let us follow him. He just pointed people to Jesus. Then they followed him. Now, when we go down, there is something else we find. We find in verse 40, one of the two who had John speak and followed Jesus was Andrew. Okay? 
Simon Peter's brother. When he found Jesus, this is what the Bible tells us, he first found his own brother, Simon. And he said to him, we have found the Messiah. Interesting. So Andrew does the same. He says, I have found the Messiah. Please come and meet him. Very, very, very simple. I have found him. Come and find. Many, many times we, we complicate things. But the gospel is not that complicated. It's sharing what you know and what you have with the one who does not know. And interesting enough is that Andrew went to the person closest to him. That happens to be his brother. Now, friends, there are people that God has put close to you. These are your brothers. These are your family members. These are your co-workers. What you just need to know is tell them, I have found someone and share what you found. The rest, leave them to God. But also there is something else you can do. Invite them to Perimeter Church. This is a beautiful church. Say, come and find out what I found. Then you leave the work to the pastor. He will help us out. <laughs> Just do it. Let's do that. Then the Bible tells us uh, he brought him to Jesus and Jesus did the rest. Then the Bible tells us there was another man, verse 43. Okay? This time it is Jesus who invited him. He happens to be Philip. He says, come and follow me. Then, this is what happened to Philip. Philip goes and finds a friend. And the friend happens to be Nathaniel. And he says to him, I have found him who Moses talked about in the law. He says, does anything come out of this place? You know what? Where does he come from? He comes from Nazareth. Does anything. Now, Nathaniel was a stubborn person. Now, the gospel is so powerful that even philosophical people, stubborn people, they will actually receive. If only you can bring them to Jesus. There is power in the gospel. Interesting when you look at all that. First thing we see is that he calls people through a man called John. That's the man. Then Andrew is calling a person closest to him. Then Philip calls a person that he is his friend. It's as easy as that. Now I want to give us a few stories because I think the stories will actually help. Uh, the first one is, uh, uh, or the, very, the best way for me to say it is that be simple as you share. Don't be complicated. God is not about complication. He loves simplicity. Let me tell you a story about a man called Joseph. Joseph, uh, we're going to have a picture on the screen. Uh, isn't he cool? He's a cool guy. Uh, so Joseph is one of the young men who accepted Jesus when the Lord had first sent me to this community. Great guy. He's on fire for Jesus. He's very excited for what God is doing in his life. He was in evangelism. He's sharing his faith. He was a great man. 
And then he decides to go to his home village. Now his home village is about 180 miles away from the city where I am. So he comes back after one and a half years. I say, man, what happened? He said, I went to find my mother, but I found my mother. I shared the faith with, with her. She accepted Jesus, but there was no church in the community. So I started sharing the faith. And, and he says, so pastor, I'm now a pastor like you. I said, okay. So how many people do you have? I have 20 people. Why well, we got so excited? So on Sunday morning, he goes to the main Sunday school class and shares his faith, uh, sorry, his uh, testimony about the new church that he planted. So the guys uh, contributed some money together and they bought him a bicycle. So he put the bicycle on the bus, went back home, and he comes back after one and a half years. So when he comes back, I ask Joseph, what's up? He says, I am a pastor of two churches. I said, what happened? He said, I got a bicycle. <laughs> yeah. So he would preach in this church, and then he rides his bicycle to the next one. So he kept doing that. So we get very excited. Now, this man kept planting churches. So I said, okay, we are in trouble here, because I don't know what he's preaching. So, <laughs> so we said... We need to take this man to Bible school. So we took him to Bible school. So he would go back home on the weekends. Let me tell you what's happening today. Today, Joseph is a pastor over 60 churches in Western Uganda. Yeah. I'm amazed at what God has done through a man like this. But the first thing we see is a simple man who shares his faith and God does the rest. Things are not as complicated as we think. God is good. Now, the other thing we need to understand as we share our faith is start where you are. Start where you are. The first one, keep it simple. The second one, start where you are. And I'm going to give you another story. And this story is of a, a young boy. His name is called Moses. Can you please put a picture of Moses on the screen? Isn't he amazing? He's great. So now, our ministry uh, has got a, it started as a clinic. Now it is a small hospital. It's called West Medical Center. Actually, Dr. Martin, you'll see him at the table. He's uh, actually the one over our medical ministry, healthcare ministry. So, um, so we have a university not far from, our, from us. It's, uh, it's just next door to the church. Uh, it's called Kampala University. So this university has students from all over. So, so there's this student uh, who was from Somalia. Now, many of you know Somalia is a Muslim country. 99% of the country is Muslim. So this girl comes to the clinic. She's putting on these long, I think you've seen pictures where they put on those long things and you only see the eyes. I think you've seen that. So that's how she comes. So she talks to the nurses and tells them that I have come because I have found myself pregnant and in my culture, if they find out that I'm pregnant before I am married, 
they're going to kill me. So I have come, I want you to help me to commit abortion. Now, they say, we cannot do that. We are Christians, we want to help you uh, keep that baby. And she said, they will kill me. They said, no. And she said, I don't even have money to take care of. She said, we are going to take care of your antenatal care, but please keep the baby. And that's what she did. Now, remember, she has these long things, so they didn't see the, the pregnancy because she had the long things around her. Now, the day for giving birth comes. She comes to the hospital, and the ladies help her, and, and when the baby comes, she says, you told me not to have abortion. This is now your baby. She gets out. We have never seen her again. So they, they say, what do we do? So one of them decides that I'm going to be the mother. And the rest of them say, we are going to contribute to take care of little Moses. Today, little Moses is six years. He is going to school. And when you come to our church, most people don't look like that. He's, uh, you know, we are dark. I think you see I'm dark. And our hair is not like that. I think you see my hair. So you see this little Somali boy running around. He's the first Somali in our church, the first Somali Christian that I know. That's little Moses. Now let me tell you this. It took Christian nurses working in a medical facility to share their faith and because of what they did, there is a life that has been saved and spared and there is a future in that little boy. What an amazing God. Thank you. So start where you are. God is going to give you opportunities to share your faith in your places of work. To share your values in your places of work. That's the calling. And you will never know what God will do with those actions of faith. God will change people. The other story that I have is a, a man called Francis. And can you please put a picture of Francis. Francis in the wheelchair. Uh, today, Francis is one of the elders at Gaba Community Church, an amazing man of God. I just love Francis. So I met Francis many years ago. He was working in a children's home, and he shared his story, and I felt so excited. It was so beautiful. And then uh, he told me that he has this huge dream, and the dream he has that when God gives him the opportunity, he wants to distribute wheelchairs to other people who are like him. Because he got polio when he was a little boy, so he used to crawl using his hand until the Lord used someone to help him get a wheelchair. Then he met a missionary who actually shared the gospel with him and became his mentor or spiritual father in his life. So then, Francis got this big burden that one day I'm going to do that. So we invited him and he worked with us. Uh, we have a children's home. He worked with us for some time. 
So then one day I visited California and someone took me to Johnny and Friends and I met her and I met her team and I said, I have someone who has a big vision like you. Do you mind working with him? So I linked these people together and this man started a ministry. I want you to know that today he's a married man. Can you please show his family? He's married to a Canadian girl. Those are, that's a, a, sto- uh, a picture which is a little bit old. These, these are bigger now. Uh, do you see all those wheelchairs? He has so far distributed about 20,000 wheelchairs in the last 10 years to people. Thank you. So what I would like you to, to know is that when you tell your story, you never know how God can use your story. So Francis shared his story with me and I shared his story with other people and now he shares this story everywhere in Uganda and look at what God has done over the years. I want to end with this final statement. The gospel changes communities. Going back, the gospel changes me The gospel shows me my mission in life. The gospel makes me a witness or calls me to be a witness. But the gospel doesn't only end there. The gospel has the power to actually change communities. The church where I go to or where I serve, Gaba Community Church, the Lord called me there 35 years ago. And we started with 15 people. And as a, a young pastor, I looked at the community and it was so poor, there were so much needs, and I didn't know what to do. And the Lord started showing us that we need to actually preach the gospel, get people saved, but also get involved in the affairs of their lives. So that's how we ended up starting a ministry called Africa Renewal Ministries. And let me tell you this, we started a program that helps people Uh, helps children to go to school. We look for sponsors from around the world. And today as we speak, there are men who are now pastors in the city of Kampala who grew up in that program. Today we have got doctors, nurses, we've got social workers that God picked in this community, gave them the gospel as young people, and now they're adults. God has used many of them. Not only that, we are in this community and there was, the school that was nearest to us was like, it was a little bit far. And we said, no, we need to start a school. We started a school. Today, it's no longer just a little school. It's now a primary school and a high school. And then we looked in our community. We said, we need to do something about our community. Uh, the, this, the hospital, the nearest hospital was eight miles away. Remember, in our country, not everyone has a car. So it's, it's far. So then we said, okay, we need to do something. So we started a little clinic. Now the little clinic is a smaller hospital. All because when the church gets into a community, God brings the light in that community. And then when you attend to the needs of the community, you never know what God can do. So today, I look back and I say, I'm glad that a church was planted in our community and the gospel was preached 
and look at what God has done. So friends, this is my call to you. I know that you've heard the message and I know that today is Missions Spotlight. And many of you are saying, maybe I will not go. But God is saying, you can actually go by beginning with the people in the community where you are, with the people that you serve. But also you may be there and you say, it's going to be very difficult. How can I get there? But let me tell you this. You may say, I am not gifted enough. I'm not talented enough. I just want you to know this. Just reaching the mission field and smiling and touching someone, you don't know what God can do with that. But I also want you to know that as a church, God has called you. Our pastor has told us today, not just 30, it's going to be 100. One thing I have to say, pastor, you say 2050. Can we reduce it to 2040, maybe 2030? I think God can do it. Praise be to God. But I'm saying this, God is in the business of changing the world. And he has decided to work through us to bring that change. And finally, you may have come to this church today and in your heart of hearts, you're not sure that you're sure that the gospel has done an impact in your personal life. I would say this, Jesus has got the power to actually change your life also. Let me pray for us as we finish. Father, we thank you that you've allowed us to have the opportunity to hear the message of the gospel. And Father, because of the gospel, we can celebrate, we can share our faith, we can touch, we can heal because Lord, you use our hands to bring that healing to that person who is confused. Lord, you use us to actually expand your goodness to many people around the world. So Lord, I pray today that even as we focus on the nations, as we focus on our communities, I pray that God, you use every one of us. I pray that you help us to respond to that which you are calling us to respond to. I pray, Father, that God, you help us to discover the reason why you saved us. Father, we thank you. May your name be glorified even as this church reaches the nations for the glory of God. We love you, Lord, and we thank you in Jesus' name. God bless you. You've been listening to the Perimeter Church Sermon Podcast. Perimeter Church is located at the corner of Highway 141 and Old Alabama Road in Johns Creek, Georgia. Please visit our website at www.perimeter.org for more information, to give us your feedback, and to find other sermons from our teaching team. Thanks for making this podcast a part of your day.